This is a Clark University podcast. You're hearing birds in Northfield State Forest. In the background, music from a nearby gathering or party starts to interrupt their chirping. This is one of many audio clips collected by Clark geography professor Florencia San Germano, who is studying soundscapes in central Massachusetts. The biggest surprise, I think, is that was I was expecting these biophonies, these animal sounds, to be affected just by these nearby sources of human pressure. And when I studied the, the, the effect of the scale in these sounds, uh, that showed that, as I mentioned before, that the biodiversity at the location depends on the quality of a much broader spatial context. So you can be uh, in a forest, but if that forest is surrounded by landscape that is not suitable for biodiversity, then you will not have a high biodiversity. And that scale of effect is actually quite large. Florencia is passionate about the use of technology for conservation of biodiversity. Over the last few years, Florencia has hiked deep into state forests and wildlife sanctuary areas in central Massachusetts, strapping audio recorders to trees. She's recording sounds from nature, like birds chirping, as well as man-made interruptions, like traffic or music. By monitoring soundscapes, Florencia hopes to gain insight on how healthy the ecosystem is and how climate change and human activity is making an impact. Since we know that habitat loss threatens ecosystems and biodiversity around the world, my work tries to combine information from satellites together with information from passive acoustic recorders that measure all the sounds in an ecosystem to try to understand uh, ecosystem health. So ecosystem health can be measured in many different ways. The way I'm looking at ecosystem health is an ecosystem that can support biodiversity in terms of the functioning of the ecosystem. So an ecosystem that functions properly can provide services to humans, like for example, services of pollination or services of health provision. a healthy ecosystem is able to provide multiple services to humans. So the idea is that within like the combination of satellites and acoustics, we can have an understanding of what is that overall health? Is this ecosystem capable of providing services? I'm Melissa Hansen, a producer in Clark's communications office, and this is Challenge Change. So first, uh, the first part of the project is selecting the areas that I'm going to sample. The way I choose the locations is to include forest areas that are large enough, like around like three hectares, so that the sounds that I'm capturing from the ecosystem correspond to uh, only forested areas. So for example, I have sites in municipalities that are classified as urban or suburban, and also in rural areas. And I base this classification based on the population census. One of the issues is that a lot of the forests in Massachusetts are private lands. 
So I need like to restrict my site to areas where I could get permits. This year, I work with some farmers that allow me to sample in their farms as well. I hike to these areas, looking at the height of the trees and the tree canopy cover, if there is water or, um, or running water surrounding it. The placing of the recorders is very simple. We just attach them with a cable lock to a tree 1.6 meters above the ground. They are not recording continuously. They are recording uh, five minutes every hour. I set them to record from one hour before sunrise to an hour after sunset. The pilot study was 11 sites in Mass Audubon areas. And this year, I'm also expanding to other areas that include wetlands and some croplands. The recordings capture all sounds in a landscape that is called a soundscape, and captures all sounds that come from uh, animals, and that is called the biophony. And anthropony, sounds that come from humans, like traffic noise or airplanes, sometimes music, if there is a party or something and also sounds from the abiotic nature, the wind or blowing water and a lot of rain as well. How I analyze the recorders is not by listening. I extract uh, metrics that summarize all the sounds that are in that landscape. So it integrates uh, all the sounds from biota, separates the sounds that come from humans to give us an understanding of how much of the sounds are natural and how much of the sounds are coming from humans. Florencia's research was recently published in the journal Landscape and Urban Planning. I found that forest areas that have higher connectivity and also high vegetation productivity have more sounds from animals and also more frequencies that come from animal sources. Uh, on the other hand, the forest sites that were embedded in areas with high nighttime lights or higher traffic or more human edges near backyards or near agricultural areas, those present lower sounds from animals. Through the sounds, we can evaluate the impact of humans on the biodiversity. This work has caught the attention of Florencia's students. Laura Jordan is a Clark senior who majors in geography with a specialization in GIS and has an entrepreneurship minor. She was fascinated by Florencia's research and decided to use the professor's work as inspiration for her own honors thesis. Well, one of the first things I thought of was like whether sound could be used to monitor animal population because almost all animals make sounds and I thought it could be a great way to monitor population instead of the current way people going into the forest and like looking for specific animals and then just writing it down. There's motion activated cameras, there's remote sensing techniques, but that's only for like deserted areas where there's no forest covering. I thought like sound could be a great way to like monitor populations. Laura is currently pre-processing the acoustic data Florencia has collected. Eventually, she'll work on her own analysis. What I'm doing right now is creating 
indices that put together all of the acoustic files. And the indices give you a better idea of the activity that's happening. I hope to find a pattern between temperature and each index. So I want to be able to validate my conclusions with the 2022 data. If I find a pattern, then I can extrapolate into further years. Even though it's a very small span of years, you can't really make big conclusions, but it would still be nice to see a pattern within these few years. The files Laura is analyzing include audio recorded on land owned by Massachusetts farmers who welcomed Florencia onto their property. This year was the first time she was able to record on private land. It was very hard to find people to agree to do this. I think there might be a little bit of a concern of when you are recording a site because you are also recording all the sounds and there may be some privacy issues. I'm working with only four farmers and they were very excited. All these people love watching nature in their fields and they were very excited to be able to listen to it. They were also very excited to to see the differences between the managed forest and the pasture area. Uh, I think they might, in some cases, they might be concerned of what I may find in the land and if they might have like some trouble later on. Uh, But I think the most important thing is to make um, clear that the objective is not to monitor a particular farm, but to monitor uh, the agricultural ecosystem as a whole. I hope like in the future more private landowners will like to contribute. In the long term, Florencia hopes to have an audio collection that represents the Massachusetts ecosystem, from forest to wetlands to croplands. She also wants to expand her research across the globe. Yeah, so the work in, in Brazil, uh, instead of looking at the sound uh, for that NSF project, we are going to be collecting uh, the diversity of rodents in the area and also the viral load that these rodents carry. So the objective of that work is to see how that deforestation forest degradation and also forest regeneration because many of these areas are being recovered. How do they relate with the network of viral loads that you have in an area that can be then related to a risk of the spillover of diseases from uh, wildlife into humans? To learn more about geography at Clark, visit clarku.edu geography. Challenge Change is produced by Andrew Hart and Melissa Hansen for Clark University. Find other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. One, two, three. Clark!